The Chris Hahn Show. Good evening, America, and welcome. This is the Chris Hodge Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air, and truthfully tonight, America, I am live, and I am taking your calls at 631-451-1039. That's 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Lots going on tonight. I got two guests joining me tonight. Rare two guest show for Chris Hahn. I usually like to keep uh, keep the calls going, and maybe I'll keep the calls going with the third with the uh, second guest. But uh, I, I got Stacy Prussman. She's a comedian based out of New York City. She'll be calling in at nine o'clock. And pollster Mike D uh, joining me at nine thirty. But I'll be taking your calls between now and then at six three one four five one one zero three nine if you want to be part of the national conversation. And once again, America, I don't even know where to start. I, I, you know what I'm going to start with, Mike? I'm going to start with the premiere of the Biddleman Show Thanks. this weekend. <laughs> I just learned about this as I was walking to the studio. Mike, first of all, Mike is a good radio guy. He's been working with me for years. He's only starting with a half an hour because I guess he thinks he can't talk even though he's playing records. Well, I'm, I'm playing a little bit of music, but it's mostly t- me talking. So. You're talking about music. Talking about music, Long Island music. So basically, you know, there's not a big Long Island music scene that, that, uh, anymore. It's a huge Long Island scene. Well, in Long Island. Not like it we, used to be. We don't get out. You know, like, we don't have a lot of Long Island artists signed anymore. You know? Right. It's a nice little local thing. So I'm trying to just give artists a chance to you know, come to the foreground, promote their music. And, I, you know, I've had a, a great Long Island band in here, Nine Days. My friend I went to high school with, Brian DeVoe. Okay. He's the lead guitar player. And I don't know him. He's, Do know he's famous. He's in Nine days man he's he's been in the studio and he's played here uh a couple of times he's uh the lead uh guitarist for nine days he's also uh, a lead vocalist uh he's not the lead vocalist on the main on their big hit story of a girl uh, oh yeah, okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. There you go. Uh, but you Brian, go. Brian's fantastic. He went to Center Reach. He's a Center Reach, a fellow Center Reach High School graduate. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been on my show back when I was Sunday nights uh, in Hamptons Drive time, seven thirty, bumping the replay of the Chris Hahn show. <laughs> I don't really care, but that's fine, Mike. We're happy to. We're happy to. I'm Thank happy you for much. you. You well deserve it. it. Make sure you tune in this Sunday, seven thirty p.m. Hamptons Drive time, baby. Yeah. It's a big slot. Mike's in it. I want to see you listening to that show. Uh, yeah. What are you talking about this weekend? Uh, we're just we're gonna just introduce the show basically. So it's just me just talking about myself a little bit. We're gonna play some music and right. Uh, what are you gonna tell about yourself? I'm a bearded, thirty <laughs> bearded something. Wonder. Tell them how I got to where I am right now. You know, right. a little backstory. You know, a little. You know, get to know me a little bit, so you get to like me. Hopefully, get to know you, like you. I think people have gotten to know you in your years here as my producer. On I've been on, I've been on multiple shows on right. this end, so I've never been on your end of the glass. Right, right. When I was sitting there doing my show, you know, just doing like little little demos and all that stuff. It's it's a lot scarier than channeling back here. Chris Hahn while you do. I, I'll see. No joke. My, my intro, I did a lot. <laughs> did you really? Like, <laughs> Good evening, America. Yes. And welcome. I I steal the rocks like finally. Yes. You know what it <laughs> is? Come to Here, the here's my advice to you and to all radio people out there. Um, it's stream of consciousness. If you prepare too much, you're screwed. I mean, you, obviously you want to talk about certain yes. musical acts. Yes. So don't write everything out about it. No, no, no. Of course not. I've you done. know everything you need to know. You just need to react at the top of your intelligence, right? Yes. You know a lot about Long Island music. Talk about Long Island music. And, and don't be afraid to have a big opinion. 
right? Yeah, and don't let your callers take too much time. Oh, you're you're. I'm used to that one. Yeah, don't I let got, your callers take one. too much time. You know, you're, you know, if, even if they're really good, you really shouldn't only keep them on for a minute. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. If you want to get in on this national conversation, let's talk about let's talk about what's going on in this world, America. I mean, the president is rocking and rolling, right? And uh, Mueller is rocking and rolling. And today we learned that uh, Paul Manafort's son-in-law is cooperating with Mueller. Look, here's the thing. And I, I, I've said this now a couple of times. I've said it on Fox. I will say it here again tonight. I don't know if the president of the United States colluded with Russia. But it is pretty clear to me that a couple of people on his team were very much in bed with the Russians. And, and there is reason to believe that the president himself was in bed with the Russians, but maybe not for collusion reasons. And I'll get to that in a minute. But if you talk about Manafort and Flynn, just those two, disassociate them with Trump, right? Disassociate them with the Trump world. Just think about Manafort and Flynn and the things they've done. And ask yourself this question tonight, America. If they worked for Hillary Clinton, and had done the same things, engaged with the Russians the way they did. Would you be as supportive of them as you are now? Now, Manafort spent many years of his career as a political operative for the Russian-backed oligarchs controlling the Ukraine. He's, he, he made millions of dollars off of Russian oligarchs. They made him a rich man, America. In fact, uh, people might be driving back from the Manafort estate listening to Biddleman show on uh, on uh, Sunday nights because he's got a huge estate out in the Hamptons. Think about that. Think about that this guy was tied so closely with them. And then think about Mike Flynn for a minute. Now it's being reported that Mike Flynn was paid off by the Qataris. We know Mike Flynn was involved with the Turkish government and he was paid to write an op-ed that ran on election day, America, challenging U.S. foreign policy in Turkey, challenging the foreign policy that Donald Trump ran on in Turkey. Just, just, just think about that for a minute, okay? Failed to disclose that on his, uh, on his paperwork, on his uh, security clearance. Failed to disclose that. Michael Flynn, seated at the right hand of Vladimir Putin, Short, a year before the election, praising him, praising RT, praising President Putin. I'm sorry, America, Putin's a dictator. Now, that brings me to the president. I always like to say, I like to quote the Bible. And the Bible says, you will know them by the company they keep. It actually says you'll know them by their fruits. It's been interpreted as you will know them by the company they keep. Think about the people this president associated with, even still associates with it to some extent. I don't know what you know about him. I don't know. But Flynn and Manafort were dirty. And this president was associating with people who were dirty, who were neck deep in Russian influence into this country and Russian influence around the world, particularly Manafort. I think Flynn was a useful idiot. I think Flynn kind of stumbled backwards into it. Flynn was not as smart as Flynn thought he was. Flynn should have never been national security advisor. Flynn's the kind of guy you put out in the field to kind of run an operation. He's not the kind of guy you bring in to run everything. 
But Flynn and Manafort seem dirty to me. And you will know them by the company they keep. He kept company with some pretty dirty guys. And it is very, very, very interesting to me that the American people, or not not the American people, but that his supporters are not understanding that these are the guys he chose to surround himself with. And that reflects on him. So what was he up to? I mean, calling on the Russians during the campaign to investigate his opponent, calling Putin a great leader, saying he's a nice guy, kissing up to Putin. Now, look, we know the president was trying to get licensing deals in Moscow as he was running for president. Now, he didn't think he'd be president. So I'll give him a, I'll give him a little bit on that. But once we started getting closer to the election, once he won the Republican nomination, don't you think some of that should stop? But it sure didn't. And why are all these chicken head conservatives out there basically nodding right along with everything he said when it comes to Putin? Ridiculous. Well, what's on your mind tonight, America? I will go to the phone, 631-451-1039. Stephen Wading River, you're on the air. How you doing? Good. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Um, so you actually um, you wanted to make a comparative, I guess, if the shoes were on the other foot and, this was, and if it was the Clinton campaign. With all this going on, and you know, the uh, I'm sorry, President Clinton and uh, Chelsea Clinton serve on the board of directors of the Clinton Foundation. Right. They don't take a salary. Right. They don't take a salary. Right. But you know, they were in control of what was it, a thirty million dollar contribution from Putin in Russia? And they uh, not from where Putin, but uh, look, being, look, uh, you're right. Much, but, but hold on so, a minute. I mean, a lot was a lot was made about a lot was made about that money on the right. Yes. But the, the difference between the Clinton, um, fa- hold on a minute, the difference between the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative and what's going on here is the Clinton Global Initiative was a 501c3. It was widely held to be a very good charity. It was supported by Republicans and Democrats alike. Okay. And every dime that was given to that charity was fully disclosed. What's going on with Manafort, now, hold on, what's going on with Manafort and Flynn is very, very different, Steve. Manafort was paid. Okay to influence elections in foreign countries by the Russians. And I believe he was paid to influence our election. And hold on, I didn't finish my point, though. And then you also have uh, President Obama stating that while we on on, uh, on a microphone, on a hotline, saying I'll have more flexibility after the the election. Right. And the right wing went nuts about that. They went crazy. And you know, everyone should go crazy about that. Okay. Bill Clinton gets $500,000 speaking fees. Right. I mean, there's a lot of... Stuff I, I don't, I, Steve, I, I do not see the right wing going crazy about Donald Trump's engagements with the Russians. I don't see it at all. Because there's, there's no there there. I mean, well, the Donald Trump was building hotels in Russia. He was seeking licensing deals in Russia. He was, he was, he was, praising, he was praising Vladimir Putin on a regular basis. I mean, Vladimir Putin is an evil dictator. Vladimir Putin did not give directly to the Clinton Foundation. I'm sorry, that is not true. Uh, Obama on a hot mic saying to the president, I'll have more flexibility after the election. Let's talk then. Uh, Yeah. Uh, You know anything about elections in America? You do have more flexibility, especially in your second term. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. I've got Stacey Pressman coming up at 9 o'clock. She's a comedian. She's very funny. I went to college with her. I think I kind of dug her in college. I don't think she dug me. That's fine. 
Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's how it usually goes. That's how it usually goes. What are you going to do? Uh, but she's a very funny comedian. She'll be, uh, she'll be uh, on the phone a little bit later on. And then I got Mike D joining me at 930 to talk about the midterms and what's going on in midterms. Mike D is a Republican pollster. He's a fantastic guy, a frequent guest in the show. He'll be in studio to talk about what's going on in the world. But if you want to get on a national conversation, 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. I will be on my regular slot. Nine o'clock, probably more like nine thirty Saturday night uh, with uh, Janine Pirro, Justice with Judge Janine. I'll be debating. I believe I'll be debating Dan Bongino again on uh, Saturday night. Uh, so uh, don't forget to tune into that. Uh, a lot of other things going on. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. Let me go to Charlie on the phone. Charlie, how you doing? How you doing? I'm Charlie doing- from Mariches. Excellent. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. What's on your mind? What is on my mind, it's a pleasure to finally listen on my regular radio besides listening to, I won't mention, 103.9, where all they do is praise Donald Trump <laughs> and anything that anything that goes wrong, they blame. Not always. 103.9 is my, look, 103.9 is my flagship station. I'm on, on a bunch of other stations on uh, replays, but uh, 103.9 is where I'm live. And they have been giving well, me. Uh, they've been giving me this studio uh, for two hours a week uh, for since they launched. To now I am. I apologize. How many That's years have excellent. I been on? Five years. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I apologize. Because I, that's excellent. I'm so happy that it is a, a RCN. I, I was one of the first I, people. I was literally one of the first people they hired here. Well, I'm very happy to hear that somebody with an open mind, not necessarily liberal, left wing, right wing, somebody realistically speaking, because at 3 p.m. on your station is uh, Donald Trump's advisor. Yes, it's you Donald know, Trump's chief about. of staff, Sean Hannity, 3 o'clock, it's 3 or 6. Unbelievable, the deep state, the nonsense, the FBI is crooked, everybody's crooked except for Donald Trump. Right. It is absolutely amazing how they bring it back to Uranium One. Right. Biden All they want to talk about is Hillary. They only want to talk it's, about Hillary Clinton. Uh, on the, uh, you know, all these Trump fanatics. They want to talk about Hillary. Hillary's not running for re-election, Charlie. That's correct. That's correct. Hillary, who cares about Hillary? Maybe she's maybe she's evil. Maybe everything she well, did was wrong. The you only know what? reason... The- Go ahead. You know what, Charlie? And I'll leave it with this because I got a bunch of calls waiting. Uh, it, it, the, the thing that's going to kill them, let them keep talking about... Let them keep talking about Hillary, Charlie. Because when there's another person running for office... They are going to have absolutely nothing to talk about because they've got nothing to talk about. So thanks for calling, Charlie. I appreciate just make it. Make one point quick. Go ahead. Make one point quick. quick. Thank God he's got Rudy Giuliani to <laughs> save him. It's it's like a comedy show. Oh, it's nice. fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. Let me go to Danny in Santa Riches. Danny, how you doing? Oh, very good. Thanks for calling. Question. You know, like you said, how? Oh, thank you. Oh, how? Uh, Trump is corrupt and Hillary's corrupt and Obama's corrupt. I don't I mean, say Hillary's corrupt, corrupt, and I don't say but, Obama's corrupt. Yeah, I say Trump's corrupt. Look at look at New York State. Look at New York State. What's going on with all that what, corruption? What, what are you talking about? I mean, the the Attorney Suffolk General, County, the, the Suffolk County, Suffolk County's in debt. I mean, look how these guys are running this crap. Everybody's in debt. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. That's a, I don't know what that guy was getting at. I didn't feel like talking to him anymore. It's like, yeah, it, it, there's corruption in government, man. Uh, but uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything like what I'm seeing with Donald Trump. That's just my my feeling on this right now. And uh, do I think that d- does that make it all right? Like, I don't know what they're getting at. 
Like everybody's corrupt, so why can't the president be corrupt? I'm sorry, Obama was not corrupt. I don't think George W. Bush was corrupt. I didn't agree with him. I didn't like his opinions. But he wasn't corrupt. He loved his country. I have a problem with the people surrounding Donald Trump. They all seem to be in it for money. And this president seems to have been doing things during the campaign for money. And is he still doing things for money right now? That's what Mueller's got to get to. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Joe from Brookhaven. Joe, how you doing? Hey, how are you, Joe, did I hear you on the call on the show just before I came on? No. I, I thought you were cheating on me. I was getting a little worried. I said to Mike, I walked into the studio and he picked up a call for the guy who was on before me, Casey Armstrong, who le- is my lead-in. And I was thinking, of call- yeah, I was going to call in, actually, because I love Morton Downey Jr. He was the best. I was going to call in and say something. He said he, he should never have been on air. I was like, he was he was Mr. New York. He was great. Interviewed tons of people. Morton Downey Jr. was a maniac. Uh, his show was incredibly entertaining. Uh, I was very young when it was on. My parents didn't let me watch it. So, so what's on yeah. your mind, Joe? Uh, well, who's that? Charlie and Marichi. Uh You are the ultimate left wing. Uh, what's he <laughs> liberal? I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I have an open uh, mind, Joe. I have an open mind. Oh, yeah, you worked for Schumer for how many years? You have a picture of Barack Obama sitting behind you when you go on Jimmy Fear, <laughs> I mean, and, and John Kennedy, which uh, it's a disgrace to Kennedy, but Barack Obama was the ultimate... Uh, I have Al Barack- Franken's book up there, too. I don't think he should have ever left oh, his... Oh, God, he got <laughs> nauseous. Oh, my Lord. I think there might be a Bible in there, too, so, you know, it's balanced. Well, amen, brother. Bible's good. Al Franken, no good, but... Uh, you're the one who brought up Clinton. Didn't you just ask a question about Clinton, Hillary Clinton? I said, what would you be saying if this was her? If her chief of staff, if her campaign manager was colluding with the Russians the way clearly Paul Manafort was. If her chief, if her, if her uh, national security advisor was on the take with foreign governments when he hired her. Him. All legal, all legal stuff. Please all tell legal. me. Oh, please Everything tell me, legal. Joe. Joe, please Major tell me Clinton. you would be you would be okay with it. You would not be. Come on. There was real. There was real collusion with Hillary and the Russians. Oh, you're out of your mind, Joe. I love you, but you're out of your mind. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. I'll be taking your calls all the way up till nine o'clock tonight. And then I got a couple guests coming in. I got Stacy Pressman and I got the Mike Dewisiak, Mike Diaz. I like to call him. Uh, big time pollster worked for worked on five presidential campaigns in his lifetime. Uh, good guy, good friend of mine. Uh, like to have his point of view here on what's going on in the world of politics. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. No, look, here's the thing: the president is being let off the hook because every other day there's an absolute train wreck of a story. And the American people are having a hard time following it. And I know that there's a lot out there saying that the midterms are going to be this, the midterms are going to be that. I'm sorry, America. There's a very small, even if you like Donald Trump right now, his approval rating is at 42%. Ooh, 42%. Even if you like Donald Trump right now, you don't trust Donald Trump right now. You don't trust him. You want Congress to be a check on Donald Trump. You want Congress to say, this is our guy. We are going to watch him. And the Republican Congress is incapable of doing that. That's why the Republicans are in trouble right now. Not because he's 
so unpopular. And by the way, he's very unpopular. Okay, well, even though his numbers are up and people are saying, oh, his numbers are up, his numbers are up. Yeah, his numbers are up. Bill Clinton was at 46% at this point in his presidency when he got shellacked in, uh, in 1995. Barack Obama was at 48% at this point in his presidency when he got shellacked in 2010. Chew on that for a minute. Donald Trump said 42. And I got to tell you, it's a weak 42. A very weak 42. People are believing a lot of lies and a lot of nonsense. All right. 631-451-1039 is my number. I will be getting to your calls on the other side of this break, I promise. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'll be taking your calls till 9 o'clock. I got a lot of guests coming up, but I will be right back after this. Keep it where you're at. You listen to Chris Hahn. conservatives crazy since the day he was born the chris hahn show all right i am back i'm live i'm taking calls at 631-451-1039 talking about the american conversation tonight america if you want to be part of it pick up the phone and give me a call at 631-451-1039 later on top of the hour i got comedian stacy prussman coming in and a little bit after that, I've got uh, pollster Mike DeWeziak, Mike D, as we call him. But I'm taking your calls now. I'm talking Trump, 631-451-1039. Do we trust him? Do we think he colluded? I'm starting to think he did. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Eddie. Eddie, how you doing? Well, hey, uh, Eddie, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. Listen, I'm a little uptight about talking like this in public, um, but I... I if, if you just bear with me, I'll say what I have to say, and then we can discuss it after. Go ahead. So I'd like to start with, okay, in our world, the laws of nature define sanity, and our leaders need to be sane. Right. And I feel, some, I feel sometimes that they are going after personal agendas, and they get distracted from what really works. And I'm going to give you a... A typical example, back in 1971, I was at Fort Lauderdale for spring break, and there was this brand-new car sitting on the sidewalk with its windows rolled down. It was a Grand Prix, and it was saying, steal me, steal me. And two guys right before my eyes jumped in through the windows, cut the wires, and twisted them all together. Now, I'm going to make this analogy relative to our country. Yeah. The battery being the taxpayer, the starter being our nation, and the engine itself being the global economy. Hmm. What these guys did was they, they didn't really know what they were doing, and they twisted all the wires together, including the starter wire. Okay. So with a brand-new car, the battery's charged. <clears throat> this thing starts up, and the engine revs, and the starter can't keep up with it. But the starter's strong, so it actually slowed the engine down to a stall. All right. Didn't burn out. But the battery still had power, and the starter kept. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So am I the battery, or is Donald Trump the the battery? The taxpayer is the. So the taxpayer is the battery. Is Trump the guy's jumping in and screwing with the car? No, no, I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about an analogy. Okay. Right, but who's but who's Trump in this picture? 
I well, let me finish the analogy. Go ahead, okay? finish the analogy. Eventually, so the engine starts and stalls, starts and stalls. Finally, it starts going slower and slower until the battery's dead. Right. And the problem was that the nation, the starter, was wired so it couldn't disengage once it got a global economy going on. Ah. Right? And all right, now you see. What so I'm you think that the nation is the car? Or no, the, nation. the nation is the starter. The nation's the starter. The world is the car. And the if engine, the sta- <laughs> this the is a, is Eddie, this is a time. very complex analogy. Okay, I need a chart. Right. I need a it's graph. A, I need like lines pointing a, in different okay. directions. No, 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 no. A battery. I'm saying the power is coming from the taxpayer ah. that feeds the starter. All right. Okay. Well, the starter is America. That starts the engine for the global economy. And that's true. It's but if start, you don't start, disengage, yes. But if you don't disengage, this you, you don't drive around with your key on. The so starter. you're calling for isolationism. Is that what you're saying? No, no, I am not. You're saying I, that we can't continue sanity, to be. If something works in mechanics and electrics, okay, and in nature, you have to abide by the natural. Law I I hear you. All right. Eddie, okay. thanks for your call. So, 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. That, that, I, that was too complex for me. And I let him go for three minutes because he held on. He was, uh, he was on hold before the, sh- before the break. Yeah. And I let him. I, it was a lot. He, I, I, I think I get what he was trying to say, that the world economy, that we've got to disengage after we get it started and we can't continue to prime the pump around the world. But that's not really what I'm talking about tonight. <laughs> I'm talking about is the president crazy? I I was thinking that he, he was going to say straight. Yeah, I thought he was going to say that the president was the guy yeah. jumping in the car to steal it. Right, exactly. They're, they're messing with everything. They're turning right. it all together. They're 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 twisting all the wires. Look, they're clearly twisting all the wires together. Yeah, right, exactly. Like let, let's rework that analogy for a minute. So, I, 1971 was the year I was born. So go. I doubt he was. I was probably in my mother's belly while he was on spring break. I was born in December of 71. So. Um, uh, he uh, he um, he was down there, and let's say December '71. Uh, there's this brand new GTO down there, and uh, somebody's going to jump in the window, and they are going to try to hotwire the car. They're going to twist it all up. Now, I think the person hotwiring the car, America, is Donald Trump. He hotwired the car. He told you all it was going to be a rigged system, and now it is. It's him that's rigging it. The FBI this week announced that they couldn't announce the Trump investigation because they were too concerned about politics, America, because the president was out on the campaign trail saying that we had a rigged system. I got two Johns on the board. Oh, all right. Two two different guys. All right. I got it. (laughs) Saying it was a rigged system. I bet you this doesn't happen on the Biddleman show. I bet you on the Biddleman show, all the callers have towns. <laughs> I'm getting 13 calls at once, so it's just like, oh, first day's bud. He says, we got to get that call screener back here. I don't know I don't know if I've got a budget for that. Anymore. I used to have a call screener back when I got no calls, so I fired her. 631-451-1039. I want somebody to explain this to me. I'm going to go to John. John on the cell. John, how you doing? On Collusion. Collusion. Tell me about you're, you're it. Claim, you're claiming that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is Donald Trump the car, the starter, no. or is he the guy stealing the car, in your analogy? 
Hillary Clinton. Is <laughs> oh, John, Obama John, you are a one-note pony. What are you going to do when Hillary Clinton? What are you going to do when Hillary Clinton puts out a cookbook and says, "I'm done with politics. Hey, I'm going on the I'm going on the Food Network to teach people how to bake cookies like I should have done." Remember how she said, "What did you want me to do? Stay home and bake cookies?" Hey, buddy boy, collusion's not against the law. A collusion, a conspiracy with it's a foreign gov- government law. is against the law, John. 631-451-1039. You are, foreign governments are not allowed to participate in the American electoral process. And that what was going on there, America. Okay? This president worked with foreign governments to influence the election. And if you don't believe that by now, or maybe not him directly, but surely Paul Manafort and surely Flynn, who I believe, quite frankly, committed treason... Okay, and he's still going out and giving speeches for candidates around the country. That is despicable to me. I want to know what the real crime was with Comey. I met Comey on. Um, I met I met Comey this week. That's something I should talk about. I met him. Yeah, that's I, right. How'd it go? It was great. He, his speech was fantastic. I actually got to meet him before the speech. Okay. I talked to him. A lot of people talked to him. They were all asking stupid questions about it. what's it like being seven feet tall. And, and I was like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, can I ask a serious question for a minute? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, go I go with all you know. Are you worried? That was my question to him in my private meeting with him. Are you worried? And I didn't want to get. I didn't want to be like, yo, dude, you gave the election to Hillary up uh, to, to Trump. I didn't do that. I was thinking about that. I didn't do it. Uh, a friend of mine was was you know good enough to put me in that room with him, and I, I was going to be polite. I asked that question, which I was serious, and he said, "I'm not worried." He thinks the institutions are stronger than any particular president, and that they will survive the institution. But this president is doing his best to damage these institutions right now. But he thinks the institutions are stronger. It was very uplifting. He was, and when you meet him, you can't help but like him. He is a likable, nice, sincere sounding guy. Uh, and he's been through a lot in his life. He, from, from back when he was a kid, he, he has an interesting story. Now, Janet Johnson's actually mailing me his book because I, I said I wouldn't buy the book. So Janet Johnson's mailing what me. What a good friend. She's mailing me the book. So 631-451-1039 is my number. I'm live. Uh, I'm taking your calls for another 10 minutes. Then I got uh, a couple guests coming on after that. But I might take your calls in the bottom of the uh, 930 hours. Well, let me go to Dan in Calverton. Dan, you're on the air. Uh, James in Calverton. Uh, uh, it's yeah, James, hold on a minute. I got to yell. Biddleman's too busy working on his own show back there. <laughs> I got to say, you're Dan. working on your own show. You're messing up my board. Again. <laughs> Come on, you always come first. Of me. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Dan for James from Calverton. How you doing? Um, yeah, all right. Um, I don't believe that you're still on this Russian crap. There hasn't been, nobody's proved anything. And also, can I just say? Can I, can I just you stop you for a minute? Can I stop you for a minute with a nobody's wait, wait, proved? Wait, 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 Hold on, no, 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 no. You made a stupid point, so I'm going to address it. I know, Dan. I'm going to make this point back to you, and then I'll let you talk. Okay? Here is the point. Nobody's proved anything is nonsense. First of all, there's been 19 indictments in this case. Okay, that are going to court, and it you know you don't just prove things overnight. Do you know how long they investigated Hillary Clinton on Benghazi? You know how many millions of dollars they hold on a minute. You know how many millions of dollars they wasted on that stupid, ridiculous witch hunt? You're wasting our time with this Russian stuff. Nobody believes you. Oh, oh, a lot of people believe me. That's why the no, president is at forty-two percent. Oh, nobody believes me. Okay, yeah. When it's the James from Calverton show, I know. I know that all day long you listen to conservative talk show hosts. You listen to my friend Sean Hannity. You listen to you know whoever else's nonsense show you're listening to all day with the nonsense, ridiculous talking points handed out by Sarah Huckabee Sanders after she burns her facts. 
That's by the way. They said she burns facts, not fat. It was you calling her fat, not me. I know James from Calverton is listening to these nonsense shows all day long. And by the way, I appreciate him listening to my show and trying to get some perspective in his life. At least James is doing that. At least this stations and the stations that carry me give you some perspective from the other side about what's going on. Nobody's proven anything, he says. No, no, I'm sorry. The president's campaign manager has been indicted on conspiracy against the United States of America. Think about that for a minute. His deputy campaign manager, who, by the way, stayed with him through the transition, was also indicted on conspiracy against the United States of America. His national security advisor has pled guilty to a felony. A former general pled guilty to a felony. Nothing's been proven? Nothing? Really? It's only been a year. And those are three pretty big things I just rattled off. Okay? Not to mention all the Russians indicted over their influence in this election, which may or may not have been connected to the Trump administration. But we all know that they took a meeting at Trump Tower because they said they had dirt on Hillary Clinton. We all know that Roger Stone was talking to Guccifer. And we now know that Guccifer 2.0 is a Russian agent, a member of the GRU. We know that. That's been proven. That's not in dispute. Not to mention all the payoffs to porn star this president's been doing. First, he didn't do it. He didn't know what he was talking about. No, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know anything about Stormy Daniels. Talk to Michael Cohen. So they talked to Michael Cohen. Oh, all of a sudden, we know a lot about how you know a lot about the Stormy Daniels affair that you had and then paid her off for. Lies, lies, lies. Those are things you don't hear on the Sean Hannity program from three to six. I'm giving a plug. Unless I'm on, which, you know, lately I haven't been on. He hasn't had me on in about six months. I used to do Sean Hannity's program every other week or every week. I haven't been on. I haven't been on his TV show in three years. They did call me, though, two weeks ago to come on, but I was doing another show. So they called me two weeks ago. Hey, they tried. They they called. They did call. They said, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to come on?" And I was like, "I'm on." I'm, I was on uh, Laura Ingram or something like that. Tucker. Um, but I haven't done his radio show in a while. But but you know, in his defense, the last time I was on, my phone was messing up. I was in a weird spot. <laughs> and of he's like, "Aren't you was. supposed to be a radio guy?" And he said, "I'm going to buy you a phone." He said it on the air. I'm like, oh, "Great, I'll take an iPhone 10." Right. And he, he didn't get it for me. I, you know, the guy, oh. the guy's, the guy's contracts like $300 million a year. You would think that he would buy me a phone cheap. Hey, Sean, if you're listening and I know you're listening, I'm still waiting for my own iPhone X from you. I mean, you said you were going to buy me one. Hook a brother up. Okay. I can't afford Verizon. I'm using a cheaper carrier. Hook a brother up. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. If you want to be part of the national conversation, and like I, you, like you've just noticed, you do not have to agree with me at all to be part of this conversation. Most of my callers don't. But if you have an analogy about a car and a starter and people stealing it, try to keep it down to about twenty seconds. You know what I'm saying? And try to have it make sense at the end. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it was a bad analogy. It's the kind of analogy you need about ten minutes for. 
And radio is an entertainment media. You can't talk for 10 minutes about an analogy that needs charts and graphs and arrows. You know, starter equals America. Now, if we were doing like Facebook Live and we had graphs, charts, different story, we could present some facts. Right. If I was on TV and I had charts and graphs, or if I was doing Facebook Live or HQ or whatever other medium you like to use, I can't do HQ tonight because I'm on the air. The one, just, that's great at radio right there. Just play HQ Live. Right. Should I play <laughs> HQ um, you know, I play it with Stacy when she's, uh, she's on. Uh, it's a, it, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do right now. I don't know if you're not playing HQ, you know, hit me up and I'll, I'll send you the, the, the link so I can get we'll some look up some, some free lives over yeah. here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look at some free lives, America. I mean, I can't get, I don't know everything. <laughs> so, you, know, you think I get stumped on like some question about some teeny bopper group. You know, it screws me up every what time. It messed me up bad the other day. Um, oh, so... Or something about uh, the Charlie and Chocolate Factory where it, where it started. Like, like I said, it was like Germany, France. Oh, I, no, I, I no, 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 it was England. No, no, he said the original name for Charlie was something else. But no, the that was where Waldo, where's Waldo? No, where, that was the question. Where that was the one that was France. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I know, it's was, English. Was, was England. I, I know yeah. that, but yeah. all right, I don't know. Just so <laughs> many questions. 631 That's something you could talk about on the Biddleman Show, by the way. It's a good topic. 7.30, Sunday. 7.30, Sunday PM. night. Don't forget. Hampton's Drive Home. Hampton's Drive Time, baby. When you're coming back from your beach house, put on Mike. Yeah. We'll Mike's in the house. We'll have some fun. We'll have me. some fun. You're going to talk about the Long Island music scene. Zebra. Are you going to bring Randy Jackson in? Yes, I am. You are when? Uh, down the, later in the summer. Randy Jackson's one of my favorite, all time favorite guys to see live. I still yeah. go see him live. I still, he used to do every Wednesday night in Port, in, uh, Port Jeff Station. I'd go see him every, almost every Wednesday oh, night. Oh, really? I love him. I love Randy Jackson. I, I don't know. I, I was just listening to their breakout album the other night. Uh, which I still think is one of the greatest hair metal band albums ever composed by anyone. Uh, I, I think uh, I think I think it's fantastic. It, it just came three years too soon. Had that album come out in 1985 instead of 1983, Zebra would probably be would have gone down as like Guns and Roses. I mean, it was it was or Bon Jovi. Something like that. It's all about timing, which that, really stinks, you know. Like, that album doesn't have a bad song on it. I don't understand how that album is not one of the biggest albums ever. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Okay, so when Randy Jackson comes in, you let him know that I said hi. I've I met him a couple times. He probably uh-huh. has no idea who I am. Uh, I knocked on his door once when I was campaigning for somebody. Uh, oh, cool. But he's 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 a great guy, a great musician. He lives right here on Long Island. Yeah, he's, and, uh, he's a good friend of a friend of mine. So that's how yeah, I got the introduction. He is a fantastic artist, and and it, there's probably no better guitar player. No better. I've never seen anybody play a twelve string guitar as good as I've seen him do it. Wow. Unbelievable. He's fantastic. He's he's just great. So you're gonna you're definitely gonna have him. If you you cannot talk about Long Island music scene without talking about a couple of bands, Zebra. Okay. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, Blue Oyster Cult, which is the be- the subject of the greatest scene in, in, in uh, sketch SNL in history. Saturday Night yes, Live history. More cowbell and Billy Joel. That's it. Talk about those three. You're good. Yeah, I will. Uh, I mean, those are, those to me are the three uh, bedrock bands that have gotten biggest bands ever. I mean, I'm, Billy Joel is obviously one of the biggest names He's, ever. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, all yeah. but you know, I mean, everybody talks about Billy Joel. Like uh, <laughs> everybody's got a Billy Joel story. I got a great Billy Joel. I got. I don't I, have one. Like I, I, I grew up on his music. I love the death. You know, like brings like tears to my eyes when I hear him. Sometimes you know, I but. have several great Billy Joel stories. But my favorite Billy Joel story of all time is when I worked for Chuck Schumer. I used to see Billy Joel a lot at different things. Okay, working on things. He was always advocating for the fishermen. I'd see Billy Joel. He didn't know who I was. I was Chuck guy. 
So one day I'm out at the All for the Sea. It used to be a concert called the All for the Sea Benefit. And it was at uh, LIU, LIU Southampton, which is now Stony Brook Southampton. And they used to have a concert on the lawn there. And they'd have a VIP tent. And I had tickets to the VIP tent. And uh, Bob Dylan was playing. And I was in the VIP tent before the show. Uh, it was like a taste of the Hamptons kind of VIP tent. And Billy Joel rides up on his motorcycle. He walks into this tent. I'm standing there with a friend of mine. He walks into the tent, looks around, sees me, makes a beeline towards me. And comes up and goes, hey, man. And I go, oh, oh hey, Billy. <laughs> and he goes, he, goes, exactly. he goes, where's Bob? And I'm like, Bob Sillerman? Because Bob Sillerman, who's the concert promoter, okay. was also the president of LIU Southampton. Uh, he, I go, he goes, no, Dylan. I go, oh, oh yeah, Billy. Uh, he's probably backstage. I had no idea where it was. Of course. Right? My friend just turns to me and goes, Billy Joel knows you? <laughs> no, that, that's epic. That's amazing. I'm like, no, I don't think he knows me. He just knows that like, whenever he's seen me in a room, I usually was making things happen. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know where things are going on. Right. Exactly, exactly, so, exactly. so he did not know me at all. And I've had many run-ins with Billy Joel since then. And yeah. after that, I, you know, I, he always is nice to me. He has absolutely no idea who I am. I worship him. He is one of my favorite all-time acts. I've seen him in concert probably 20 times. You know, when he started his yeah. residency at uh, at uh, Madison Square Garden, my friend and I were like, how many times a year do you think we should go? Four? Five? You know, I mean, we go all the time. We go all the time. We love him. He's fantastic. Has no idea go. who I am. I don't Perfect. think you need to talk about him on your show that much, but the others you got to get into. We'll mention him every now and then. Well, how could you not? You can't not, right? You can't talk about Long Island without mentioning Billy Joel. And, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people in the Hamptons probably just saw him on his motorcycle riding around, <laughs> just there ride around while somewhere. they're driving home. All right, 631-451-1039 is my number. I'll be taking your calls probably at the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour. Stacey Pressman joins me next. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show. Keep it where it's at, America. America's favorite progressive, The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. Still live tonight, but I'm not going to take your calls right now because I got a guest, comedian Stacy Prussman. You've seen her. Uh, you've seen her on Red Eye, a show I uh, I used to frequent when there was a Red Eye. You've you've heard her on the Howard Stern Show, America, uh, and you all know that I have no bigger love in my life than Howard Stern. I mean, he is uh, to me uh, the king of all media, of course. And uh, really, I try to do a Howard Stern light here on uh, the Chris Hahn Show. But you've seen her on that, and you could see her this Saturday night at the Westside Comedy Club in Manhattan, or if you're in Texas, you could see her Friday. At the Touch in Texas. Touch of Texas. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That's Binghamton, New York. <laughs> Binghamton, New York. Touch of Texas. What are you going to Binghamton for? <laughs> Touch of Texas. And you know what? I knew Stacy back in the 90s. We went to college together. She's. Uh, I'm not going to say that she graduated before me, but we knew her. I had a crush on her. She had no She had no use for me at all back in the day. Stacy, how you doing? Good. Great to speak to you after all these years. I know. It's been a long time. I'm glad we connected and getting you on this show here. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff with your career. Let's start with it. Let's oh, start wow. with this. Uh, Stacy Pressman is a proud alumnus of the University of Albany, as am I. Yeah, I do have a, uh, I did major in theater and minor in one-night stands, and now I tell jokes. <laughs> In basements and uh, in Binghamton for a living. So there you go. It <laughs> well, uh, got me far. Hey, look, I mean, you're, you're telling jokes. You're living the dream. You're having a blast. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. 
can't complain. I do it. You know, where else can I drink on the job without well, getting in trouble? There are virtually there are virtually no other jobs in America where it's almost encouraged for you to drink on the job like there is in comedy, right? I know there's no. I mean, I don't drink that much on the job, obviously, but um, but you can you can drink after the job, before the job. Uh, no one's giving you a drug test. It's you know it's free speech at its finest. You know I don't do clubs that tell me what I could talk can and cannot talk about. Right. So. I have that freedom, and um, so in a, in a way, it's probably the dream job. You know, I don't know where else you can get paid to just, to just like say bad words and talk about your you know innermost secrets and dating life and family life and observations and right drinking while doing it. So, you know, God bless comedy. By the way, you also have a podcast. It's, I do the Pressman Hour. We're on the Radio Misfits Network dot com. Uh, we're on every you know you can hear it if you through iTunes or anything like that. Um, all those different, you know, Stitcher and TuneIn app. There's a million of them. There you go. There we, you go. We flow through that. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a while with my co-host, my co-host who I love dearly, Angela Riley, and we have a great time. We just ha- we do it uh, once or twice a week if I could, but I've been doing it pretty regularly this last few years. There so. you go. Well, podcasts are the new thing. I mean, I look, I'm on the air, man. This is my thing, and we podcast this show after we do it, and it gets played in some other states and places I don't even know, but... Uh, but it's, uh, you know, everybody's got, everybody's doing podcasts these days. I've done a bunch of them. I'll do yours at some point when you invite me. And oh yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So Stacy, let's talk about your life as a city slicker. Uh, you're a New York <laughs> city, uh, New York city woman. You're out there in the comedy scene in the city, but you've got to be hearing people going nuts these days about the president of the United States. I mean, oh, I, every second of the day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people love him. They hate him. It's a, I mean, it, you know, it's like. A reality show, so to speak. It's like the presidential. It's like it should definitely have a reality show at this point. Um, it's you know the crazy part about it is I grew up on Trump literally. Like right. he, um, as a kid, he um, my first apartment my parents lived in. He was the landlord with his oh, father was the landlord, and they would come. You know when you sign the lease or you have some kind of changes to be made, he would they would come to the house. So Trump literally was in my apartment. The, wow. Both him and his dad. And also, um, my my parents would go to Atlantic City and stay at all the Trump hotels. Wow! So I have all this Trump. My parents have all this Trump. These bathrobes and you know towels they stole and like gifts they got from that say Trump Marina on it or Trump this. It's so weird. Wow! So like my whole my whole existence was like Trump. And did now you, he's, so you always grew up in the city in New York City, or did you mm-hmm. move out of the city? You, you your whole life. Well, I'm a Brooklyn girl. And I lived, I lived in Albany, where I knew you, for, yes. for four years right. for college, I guess at least during the school year. Right. And um, I lived, you know, mostly in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, you know, the typical New York stuff. And I haven't lived in L.A. really for any period of time, but I've stayed out there. But now I've been a New York person in, in through and through. I have not left New York. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's great. But you always had the Trump, the Trump. Donald Trump was in your parents' apartment. Hello, Stacy. I'm here to collect the rent. Well, and your parents a had a leaky kid. faucet. I was like one. My parents were, you know, adults. I was a little. I was born in that apartment that they had him as a landlord. And my father said um, his dad was very nice to them, but Don. Ben, the father was not very nice to Donald. Like it was like that that father son relationship right. sort of where there's like that meanness and it was in front of people so wow. be humiliated wow maybe, yeah maybe that explains mm-hmm. it <laughs> yeah it explains a lot of things so i think he's trying to to prove himself and um 
you know, be president. I guess his, you know, that's what he did. So I don't, you know, I'm like, I don't it's, know. It's a life. It's a never ending uh, saga to try to please his parents. That's that's. I guess if you have an adjusted childhood, I, I had an adjusted childhood, which is why I stopped. Oh, you're doing, lucky. That's why I stopped <laughs> doing stand. I mean, I guess I had some craziness. I mean, religion and other things, but but there's, uh, you know, uh, I I think that's why I stopped doing stand up and started doing uh, improv. It's just a lot easier to make things up when you're right. <laughs> you know. Improv. Yes, I did that too. Improv's the way to go. Uh, yeah, definitely. So, so a lot of stuff going on in improv nowadays. So tell me about life on the road. I mean, you know, it, you know, it, there's not a lot of uh, us Albany types kind of doing this. Although there is a guy from Albany, Ron Tarosian, who's been in the news a lot lately. Who we knew. Oh, really? I, I knew Ron really well in college. He was a crazy guy then, and he's what's he doing now? He's kind of tied in with Trump and this whole Trump thing. He, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's really pro-Israel. There's a whole thing about him. But uh, you're, you know, you know, you are living the dream, in my opinion. You're you're making your living as a comedian on the road, in the clubs in New York City, doing what you got to do. You've been doing it for a while. In fact, I had Casey Armstrong. Casey Armstrong from The Stern Show is in the studio right before me. Oh, cool. Me. I love Casey. And He's awesome. He does a show right before me, and he asked me who I had coming on. I said, oh, I got uh, Stacey Prussman. She's a comedian from New York. She's like, I know Stacey. Tell her I said hi. Tell, so, yeah, say hi, Casey. I, I did his show uh, as well um, a couple of months ago. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so he, he, was, uh, he was here. He says hi. But you're on the road. You've done The Stern Show. You've done a lot of big things. Uh, tell me about life on the road for you. Uh, well, you know, it's you go to a place, like I was in Minnesota like a few weeks ago, and it was awesome. And I actually got the gig through a friend who was a, like a listener of my podcast and a friend from Facebook kind of thing, and a uh, really nice guy, guy Mo, shout out to Mo. And um, he's like, you should do this club because Shuli did this club, and you would have a great time there. I'm like, nice. okay. So I contacted them, and the guy was real cool, and I booked the gig, and it was fun. It was awesome. I spent... It with I had dinner with Mo and we hung out and we you know and then we d- went to the show and then I the next day I hung out with you know the guy who was opening for me and you know when I it's just it was really fun it's just like you have a great time like you just if you have cool people that you're working with sometimes I can bring my own opener and that's cool too because I'm right. with my friend but when I go traveling far a lot of times they have their local openers or they already have you know they have features they have to book because that's how it works right but um. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I like it 99% of the time. When like do- 99%. When don't you like it? I don't it? like it is that the hotel is like kind of nasty or it's a comedy condo, which is, ugh, it's like this like a condominium they rent and then it's not really a hotel, it's right. a condominium. Right. So all kinds of, it's not really, you know, up to standards like a hotel might be, like a de- or a bad hotel, like they put you in a motel, which they've stopped doing actually for safety reasons. And then, um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's always you know. The, usually, the crowds are fun, and they want to have a good time, and you get to explore a new town or a new city, and you get to meet a lot of people, right? Yeah, I mean, I love connecting with people. You know, I don't, you know, the, a lot of the other. It's always fun to meet new comedians. That's always fun, and it's also, and you know, and sometimes you meet people that are locally in the town that are awesome, and they help you out with where to go and where to eat and stuff like that. You, you know, find- and it's just it's an experience. And you're not there so long where it makes it drives. You know, you're there four or five days. At right, place. right, right. So I, I find that when out. I travel the country, I am always amazed at how nice most Americans are. Even people who like, you know, you go to red states and you think, oh, my God, they're going to be these, you know, uh, you know, horrible people. And they're just not. No, everyone's <laughs> you know? awesome. I mean, 90 percent of the people I've met, 99, you know, maybe or maybe three percent of people, 97 percent are nice. Three percent right. suck. But, you know, I've always had a great time and people are really nice and cool and calm uh, most of the time, and I've been all over the world. I mean, not all the world, mostly. I've performed mostly in New York, uh, not New York, uh, United States and Canada. 
I've been to, you know, in Canada as well, but not really Europe or anything like that yet. Right, right. But um, I've I've noticed everyone's really, really great. I have have had I I performed in the Deep South years ago, and that was fun. It, they, they were the problem. The thing I found out, especially early on in my career, which was in the early two thousands, I guess two thousand two three, was that there weren't a lot of female comedians. So when so, when I would come into their town, I was like, we never saw a female before. I mean, it was like that. It was actually like right. that. And now it's changing because there's. So I've never people. seen a girl do a joke before. Right, exactly. So um, it's that's that's definitely changed in the last six, seven years. Uh, I think for me, I don't. It's like there's they see people on TV now, and it's just different. So you know, I think that's social media, maybe um, the internet, maybe have brought more fear. So it's not just like I'm a freak. Right. You know, like. Wow, you're a freaky, funny girl calling in on my show, coming down to uh, to do some jokes here. We didn't think women could be funny. We only thought women could make babies. Right, exactly. <laughs> and being there, they didn't think they didn't see that. And I think that I see that in the last whatever sixteen, eighteen years I've been doing this. Right. This shit. That oh, excuse Ooh, me. Hey, um, live radio. It's okay. Stip, Keep, uh, I, I hope. I hope it, it was. Uh, she was talking about something else, Mike. It's fine. It's uh, <laughs> my producer's like going nuts. He's like reading some, getting ready for the next segment. <laughs> I was like, ah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Keep it. Um, um, yeah, I've been doing this stuff that I literally like. You know, realize that it's changed. So anyway, that's that's um, and I have a bad mouth, so I say bad <laughs> words a lot. Well, that's good. I like that. I'm a comedian. Um, by the way, I'm talking to Stacey Prussman. She's at Stacey Prussman on Twitter, at Stacey Prussman on Twitter. She is a comedian extraordinaire. She's got a podcast on the Misfit Podcast Network called the Stacey Radio Pru- Misfits. The Radio, Radio Misfit Podcast yes. Network. Uh, and it and it's uh, it's a great place to catch her. You got to check that out. Uh, it's called the Pressman, the Stacy Pressman. Shout out to my co-host Angela Riley. She's amazing. There you go. Love and her. and by the way, I'm Chris Hahn. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. You can watch me Saturday night uh, on Fox News at nine thirty. I'll be on with Piero. Uh, I've got a bunch of other appearances next week. Check me out at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I sometimes tweet when I'm going to be there, but I usually tweet the appearance afterwards so you can watch it at your leisure america i don't i don't want, i don't need you to watch five hours of news to catch me uh, by the way i'm doing our joint friend tom chaloux show on monday oh you are cool yeah I've, I've done, yeah i did it i did it yesterday but i'm going in i'm going to be in the city monday and i'm popping into the studio for that uh five o'clock comedian kind of hangout hour he does so i'm going to do that uh which is, is, he does that at fox news is that where he does fox it? news radio yeah i oh, have no idea funny. i have no idea where you listen to that but is that where they film red eye is it, it's in studio? the same exact spot they film i'm gonna red be eye. at a serious xm on monday on john fuglesang's show <laughs> there you go <laughs> We're plugging away here. I mean, we're, we're plugging away. That's awesome. Well, maybe I'll see you in the city. We'll be out. We'll yeah, be out. that'd we'll be, be awesome. Out. We should have a coffee. We we'll should have a, do a coffee. We'll have a coffee. We'll talk about daughters. No big whoop. We no can talk big about Albany. Oh, we can talk about Albany and hair. You know, you know, this is the thing that makes me this interview very awkward. Um, if you saw hair, and I think you did. Yep, I did. I, you probably saw me naked. So I did see you naked. It's a little odd for me to be sitting here saying, oh. now, granted, it was when mm-hmm. I was 19, so that was probably the best time to see me naked. So right. a lot better than seeing me naked now. 
Uh, but it was definitely one of the best times in my life to see that. So, uh, so not Everyone bad. Everyone got a gift. They got a gift. Everybody got a gift. They got to see me in my prime. Uh, in the early 90s. Early 90s. In fact, they're thinking about putting that video online. They're like, we don't want to ruin your career by putting that. I'm like, dude, I don't care about. People got to hold things against me. I did when I was 19. And by the way, I was very proud of that show. One of the oh, best. Was, sh- oh, there's nothing to be ashamed of in that show. That I was, was the star. Show. I was the lead in the show. You were, it yeah. was It was my thing. It was fun it was good it was good stuff but you know yeah you saw me naked i i <laughs> you know i know things come back to haunt you years later and you don't even realize i'll it. be like ah oh, oh my god please don't show my perfect 19 year old body anymore <laughs> wow, like, that's hysterical like, I'll, I'll do i like if it comes out stacy you tell me did they, do, did they, put, they didn't put it up, did they? They didn't I mean, put it up, but group. it's probably going to get put up at some point because everything gets put up, right? We ha- oh, we ha- I'm going to go write them and tell them to put it up. So when they put it up, so should I fake like I care? Like, should I be like, oh, I want to apologize to the American people for something I did in 1991? I think you should not ever apologize for anything you did. <laughs> Just be like the president. Unless you murdered somebody. Just be like the president. Like, I, I have no apologies, never. I don't care that I said John McCain should die tomorrow. No <laughs> apologies. <laughs> the only thing... The only, That's crazy. The, the only thing he ever apologized for was that uh, that grab in the you know what tape he did. Oh, so, he only, grabbed the you know what. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I you got, know, you know, Chauncey Hayden has so much. Uh, do you know? I used to do a. Co- I used to co-host one of his shows. Chauncey, the guy used to do like Welcome to New York was his maga or uh, Hello, yeah, yeah, Wake yeah, Up uh, New York or something. Not was, New York, is New Jersey or something. He, uh, he's a. We had, he had the Chauncey Hayden. He used show. to be on Howard Stern all the time. I know yes, exactly. Yes, who he is. exactly. Yeah. He, he, he wanted to box have... Donald Trump. They were trying to set up a boxing match between the two of them. Okay, right, exactly. So Chauncey has all these phone calls from Donald Trump that like are so incriminating. It's like he sounds like a guy from the Avenue. You know, like he he sounds like some guy. Like yeah. I, I could have done her like like yeah. stuff like that. Well, like, you don't even he phone- wanted me. He did it on the air. He did it on. St- Look, this is the thing about him. It doesn't matter. It absolutely does not matter what anybody has about him. Everybody doesn't. It's like his supporters are like, oh, he had sex with a porn star. Good for him. (laughs) You know? Right. I mean, they don't. I mean, people don't care about that. But then then they have to hold every president to the same standard. Right. Right. Have or had or whatnot. Well, you know, I said in the 90s. So, um, you know, my I first really got political in the 90s. Right. Okay. And I had a talk show in the 90s, uh, a local cable talk show uh, called Youth in Politics. And I said, after the Clinton scandal, it really doesn't matter what politicians do anymore. I didn't think that it would be this bad. I didn't think we'd have a president with this amount of scandals and be a Republican and have evangelicals who are always saying, we need good family values in the White House. I never thought they would just turn their back on that. That's the thing I can't get my hands around. I well, don't yeah, ca- it's all the it's all the hypocrisy. And then if you have an abortion, you're a baby killer. Right. Like, I don't care who Donald Trump sleeps with. That's between him and Mrs. Trump. Right. Exactly. I agree. With this. I think people were, we will have a very puritanical country. Right. But it's also hypocritical because, you know, people use like religion. Like, I think people forget there's church and state differences and people get weird with that a lot. And right. that's weird to me. And then like our libertarians, really libertarians. And that's a whole weird thing because they end up being really right wing. Some of them right. are true libertarians. Like, like my mother is, I, I guess she leans to the left. Definitely. But she's very like, I don't want the government in my life at all. Right. 
She's very against that. She doesn't want the government in her life telling her what to eat, what to drink, what to do. She's very like, I want to make my own decisions, and that's it. Well, that's good. That's yeah. a good way to be, you know. Yeah, but a lot of people aren't. They 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 don't they they well, they are they are, but they end up like it's like. But but my mom's very like church and state has to be separate, and I totally agree. And I think sometimes we forget our core values as a as a country. Forget about what side you're on. Like you could be religious, but like if I was religious, I wouldn't want my government to be religious. Right. Well, I don't. I don't want anybody to be religious. But right. You know. I'm, I'm not. But these guys who like you know during the Obama administration talked about how he was killing America because he wanted, you know, everyone to have birth control. Uh, and during the Clinton administration, we're saying how everybody, America's going to hell because we have a president who is having an affair and blah, blah, blah. I don't ever want to hear from these people again. Like, no, I, I don't. I, no, it's ridiculous. Right? They should have no role in morality anymore in America because they've abdicated by supporting Donald Trump. And, right. and, and, and I think that if you're going to if you're going to be supporting, I mean, because, you know, like you play a narrative like Donald Trump played the narrative um, to the right-wing Christian base, right? right. They just went along with it without even looking at it. But they're also going along with religion without even looking at it or questioning it. So why would they question anything? You know, I'm going to go, you, you know, you play a narrative and people just go with it. Right, it's right. Like, it's like it's like opiate for the masses. It's they, like, you, I'm going to play this narrative. Right. They've sold their soul for a couple of judges on the Supreme Court, which, by the way, who are not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. I got news for everybody who Virtual, thinks they're going to. babies, <laughs> you know, then stop having, if you're so against, if you're so pro-life, then don't have war. If you're so right. pro-life, you know, then don't have sex, don't have war. Right. You know, it's it's like, you know, take, you know and, and people think that Planned Parenthood is abortions. No, women are getting tested for their bodies and, you know, pre-screening for cancers and, and health and things like that. It's not just about sex and, you know, and... uh Babies and abortions. No, it's about or taking care of the baby too. It's like they they help you with your you know it's a gyn. You know it's like it all goes together and it's like it's you know get out of our bodies. Period. Just it's get out insanity. of my vagina, out of my uterus. Yeah, conservatives want government so so small it fits in your vagina. That's yes, what they want. Exactly. Get That's the hell what they out want. of my vagina. Get out of my uterus. Get out of my ass. <laughs> I, I can't say, I can't that's say your that. donkey we don't want anybody messing with her donkey keep donkey, away yeah. from her donkey america government uh we don't want you messing the donkey could eat whatever kind of hay or straw or tin cans it wants to eat all right stacy i got about a minute left with you i'm gonna let this is sure. the plug away portion of the show what do you want people to know about you where to, where can they find you what do you got going on find me at stacypressman.com i'll be at touch of texas in binghamton Tomorrow night, Friday, but I don't think anyone in Long Island is going to be in Binghamton. But Saturday, I'll be at the West Side Comedy Club hosting the 8 o'clock show. It's going to be awesome. Um, next week, I'm in Friday. I'm in Connecticut. I don't have the... I'll, I'll tweet it out. Just follow me on Twitter. Listen to the Stacey... Pre, the Pressman Hour on Radio Fitz, the Radio Misfits Network. The Pressman, that's P-R-U-S-S-M-A-N uh, dot com. Stacey Pressman, E-Y-S-T-A-C-E-Y. So... <laughs> You can just follow, find me. You'll find, find her. Or just, you know, go to at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. You guys all know where I am. And I retweet her. I'll, I'll tweet. I just retweeted her five minutes ago. You can see it right there. And then you can link to everything you need to know about Stacey Prossman, comedian, fellow SUNY Albany alumni, yeah. and a good friend of mine who I haven't talked to in about 25 years. And I'm glad <laughs> I just did right now. Stacey, you're the best. Thank Make you sure for you catch me. her. No problem. Anytime. I got Mike D joining me on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Chris Hahn Show. Keep it where it's at.
The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. I'm live. I might take a call or two if you want to call in. 631-451-1039 is my number. Or call if you want to call in. Talk to me or talk to my next guest, pollster Mike Dewisiak. Mike D, as we like to. I, I plug his Twitter handle, but he doesn't have one. He's one of those old school guys. He's worked on a bunch of presidential campaigns. Him and I have been talking politics very cordially, even though he's always basically been on the other side of the aisle. I've known Mike since I was a teenager, and I've always liked Mike. <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know. It's gotten to that. I think huh? the first time I was ever on a broadcast show with you, I was like 21 years old. You looked at then. Yeah, I don't look at it anymore. I'm much older now. We used used to do that show on cable vision on uh, uh pbs uh um, yes we w- did, yeah we did uh, and we did that show we did i mm-hmm. once was on a show with you at the election night headquarters of the gop here on long island yes yep and yep, yep. i was the only liberal or democrat in the in the crowd there doing just i was there to do tv yeah and uh it was uh it was a lot of fun uh but we've been talking politics on broadcast levels for a while we usually you and i usually do a dual date together uh at the uh, greens Yep. Uh, men's club after the elections uh, that talk about politics and what happened the night before. We do our about last night gig uh, that that we do that every year. But Mike is a great guy. He's been around. He's worked on how many campaigns? How many presidential campaigns have you worked on? Four presidential campaigns. and uh, like seven million other campaigns. Oh, I did lost. I lost count of all the congressional, right. gubernatorial senators. So. so I asked Mike to come in. I asked Mike to come in once in a while because Mike knows politics, and I want to talk about the midterms. I want to talk about you know. Wave years are yep. wavy. Mm-hmm. How wavy do you think it is? But if you want to right. get on the conversation, give us a call. 631-451-1039. You could tweet me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter and uh, and all the other stuff. So mm-hmm. so tell me, Mike, opening thoughts of this conversation of 2018. I, I, for one, think it's going to be a wave year. I think there's going to be surprises and lightning strikes all over mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have the Democrats will have their own Willie Gohmerts. You know, I always point to Willie Gomer, got elected in 2010, right. and he's the kind of guy you would never vote for ever for anything. <laughs> Dog catcher, bee collector, bee watcher, watcher, you know, from the old uh, Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. Uh, but he's a congressman because of a wave. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll, right. the Democrats will have their own Willie Gomerts at the yeah. end of this year. Well, I think the question is, how big is the wave going to be? Right. Is it going to be a tsunami or is it going to be a little lap wave like you get on Long Island Sound? Right. And we, and we don't know. I mean, look, historically... Every president since Harry Truman, with one exception, George W. Bush in the wake of 9-11, right. takes hits in their first midterm elections. Yeah, It always happens to a newly elected president. Right. Secondly, every time the American people votes in one-party control of the White House, the Senate, and the House, uh, first chance they get. They, they get rid a, of it. They do a mid-course correction. Right. They, they don't like one-party control. Right. So, so you've got two very big historical factors working in the Democrats' favor this right. year. Now, that gives you a wave. Now, how big the wave will be is on factors that are unique to this year, that being the popularity or unpopularity of President Trump. Right. He's the most you know, unpopular president at this point in his, his term in recorded unpre- history. Unprecedented, <laughs> right. really. And then secondly, and maybe most importantly, will he ever be willing to go towards the middle and right. court the middle? I think he will. Well, in 2019, I, when well, he's got a Democratic Congress. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, 
I have said this to you, and I've said this on the air, and I've said it on national television. The only thing that gets him reelected is a Democratic Congress. Well, the only thing that gets him reelected is the economy. No, no, (laughs) no, no, no. This guy will destroy the economy if left to his own devices. And he will continue down a path that will be so extreme that he will lose miserably in 2020 unless there's a Democratic Congress that can bring him to the middle. Listen, presidents get elected or defeated based upon how the economy is doing. In the last hundred years, only three uh, elected presidents have lost re-election, right. and it's always, always been about the economy. It's hmm. Herbert Hoover, it's Jimmy Carter, and George H.W. Bush. Only three elected presidents to lose re-election, and it always was because of the economy. So if the economy is doing well, whether it's his doing or not, chances are he'll get re-elected in 2020. If it's doing bad, chances he won't get re-elected. Well, I have a feeling he, uh, I think a Democratic Congress helps him get reelected. Well, I, I, I get what you're saying about the economy. You're, you're not wrong mm-hmm. and you're historically right. But I think the economy has been so stale. Now, even, even, even though it seems good right now, it's not good where everybody's getting it. The economy yeah. in this country has changed, yeah. right? The people at the top are doing great. That's right. That's, people in the middle haven't seen much of their lives change. That's that's people right. on the low end haven't seen anything. No, I, I think that's correct. That I will, I mean, as a small business owner, and talking to a lot of small and mid-sized business owners, um, th- most of the things that have been put into effect by the Trump administration has definitely been geared toward helping those big companies, right. those large corporations. Maybe that trickles trickles down to right. us eventually, but it hasn't yet. Yeah. I and I don't think it's gonna. Well, frankly, I just I don't believe in trickle down economics. It's not something that's ever worked. Uh, well, so why would it start working now? Well, all right, you know, like, just like your your thing about the economy and elections, it's always it, this is what historically right. it's been. We've tried this. Trickle failed. Listen, trickle down economics as put forward by Ronald Reagan. You can argue whether that works or not, but the theory behind trickle economics worked. It worked on Long Island for years. Okay, look at you know the government gave Grumman huge contracts, huge tax breaks. And they fed all these little and mid-sized companies under them. Well, so no, of course, they, they, down. The so of course trickle down they, economics no, no, works. No, the government gave Grumman money to do things. Right. Grumman then went out and hired people and other companies to help them fulfill those contracts. Right. It wasn't a tax break that Grumman got. Well, they, 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 they I'm got sure they had some tax breaks. Of course they did, right? But they what had they, very effective but lobbyists. But the, Let me, <laughs> but the tax breaks didn't make them build more things. The only no. thing that made them build more things were the contracts they got no, from the government. But, but, when they got the tax breaks, their executives made a little bit more money because their stock went up. Right. But the point is helping a big company helped a lot of small and mid-sized companies. Right. Okay. But giving a I tax mean, break you know, you know, willy-nilly for no reason whatsoever has never helped anybody other than the people getting the tax break well we're hoping that's not correct we, we little and uh, and mid-sized companies are hoping that it does trickle down to us eventually it won't sorry <laughs> i mean you'll do okay you're a pollster people need polls right i mean political unrest is good for your business so it's it, good for us so i mean it, it's 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 a fantastic it's good for punditry it's good for pollsters uh there's a lot of political unrest going on right now so you know business is going to be good oh but. let's face it donald trump's been good for business ah. i mean whether you like him or hate him he's been I great i don't even have to he's plan I don't even business. have to plan my show anymore. No, right? no, you I don't. Really, I mean, yeah. I could just listen to whatever's on the radio on the way in and just riff off that. It's just, it's nonsense. Uh, and, and that's why I, I know that, and I agree with you to a point that the Democratic Party, if they want to have a real wave, have to do more than just say Donald Trump bad. 
Well, they're taking I, a risk. I, 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 mean, I get that. It's a, a huge big, risk. Yeah. But they've got to keep saying Donald Trump bad. And they've got to do other things, too. This is why we're good. And this is what we're going to do to make things good. Mm-hmm. But I have a theory that, and, and maybe you'll test this in a future poll, mm-hmm. that even people who like Donald Trump, not a lot of them, but enough of them to make a difference, mm-hmm. don't trust him. And they would like to see somebody watching him. They would like a Congress that is actually being doing what the Congress is supposed to do, be a check on executive power. And this Congress right now is not. It's a lapdog Congress. Bunch of bootlickers. Uh, I like what George Will said last week uh, about uh, the Republican Party has become the party of groveling to Donald Trump. Or groveling is well, governance. Listen. Groveling is governance is what they've called it, right? And I think that people who like him there's a maybe five to six percent of them seven percent of them don't trust him and they would like to see somebody watching him well that was probably true of bill clinton of, of democrats in, absolutely in the 1990s uh, i don't think that that's an unusual thing um but i mean i think the bigger point is what you just said is absolutely correct this the republican party for better or for worse, for the Republican Party is Donald Trump's right. party. It's the party, party of Trump. It's it over. It's not the party of Ryan. It's not the it's party not of the you. Party. It's not, not the, the Mike party D. Of party of that I knew. <laughs> it's certainly not the party of George H. W. Bush. Right. right. This is now the party of Donald Trump. Right. I mean, and and they're going to live and die on that. How do you? I mean, you talk to a lot of them. I mean, I'm sure there's enough of them. And I do, too. I'm asking you the question because I'm the host. I don't just want to say what I say all right. Uh, and people don't believe. Well, it's your show, really. It is my show. You own the microphone. I, 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 but it is, it is uh, you know, are they expressing frustration in that statement that this is now Donald Trump's party to you personally, privately? Don't give me any names or anything. But, like, privately, when I talk to conservatives and, and, and true conservatives, and I do a lot of conservative media, you know that. Um I find a lot of frustration. It wasn't a beginning. I, I think it was frustration over the fact. I mean, the people who didn't. I'm now talking about the faction of the Republican Party who didn't like Donald Trump, didn't support right. Donald Trump. There was certainly a lot of frustration in the beginning of the, that he was being so successful and that and that he got elected. Right. I, I think now there's resignation. Now it's we're either going to live or die with this guy, and you know we're stuck with it. And you know he's the leader of the party. Like I said, for better or for worse, this is the party of Trump. And they're not like moaning and groaning and bemoaning it? You know, they were in the beginning, sure. There right. was a lot of there was a lot of hand wringing and, and gnashing of teeth and, and moaning and groaning in the beginning. I, I, but I think now there's just sort of a resignation. And also now you're in an election year. And in an election year, right. now, you're in the well, you're in a primary year. Now, right? you know, primary time for a lot it, of these it, guys. There's not this is not time for, for, for moaning and groaning. This right. is time to put the war paint on and you know go to and go to war. I believe that by the end of June when the primaries cease and these guys are starting to run for their lives in some of these swing districts and there's a mm-hmm. you know a lot more swing districts this year than there's ever been probably um and most of them are represented by republicans right <laughs> i think those guys are going to have a different tune towards him mm-hmm. well uh, I, I maybe start exerting some of the congressional authority over him well it remains to be seen whether he can be talked into finally after a year and a half in the White House and then a year of campaigning before that, whether he can finally stop catering to the right, right. and start court. And, and not that he should try to alienate the right, but start yeah, trying about, to court the middle. How about trying to be that pragmatic New Yorker that mm. some of us hoped he'd become when he got mm. into the White House? You know, like, you mm. know, pass a real, try to put a real infrastructure plan out mm. there that actually mm. funds infrastructure, not right. gives tax cuts to, 
you know, Wall Street bankers, which is basically all he's done. I mean, all he's done is cater to that little segment. I don't understand how these guys at the rally still don't see that. They don't understand that, yeah, you might have gotten, you know, you might have got a $45 a year tax break. Good for you. Enjoy your your, uh, BJ's membership or your Costco membership, right? Uh, But... You know, a lot of other people, you know, people making over $200,000 a year got about $15,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And and the top, top got millions. Mm-hmm. So what is, why are they still so happy? Well, let's face it. If you're in that 30% right. who always vote Republican, you're just going to like him because he is a Republican. And it's he horrible. is. And, and it, look, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't put a lot of thought. Right into who they're voting for. If it's a Republican, they vote for a Republican. If it's a Democrat, they vote. For a Democrat. That's about sixty percent of America, by the way. Right. About the, you know polls show that about sixty percent of America line vote for either a Republican or a Democrat, and it doesn't matter you know who it is. You know, I remember I was having a discussion with a Stony Brook student last year, um, who the female Stony Brook student who loved Hillary Clinton, absolutely loved her. I mean, loved every loved everything about her. And I said to her. I said, let me just say, say something to you. If Hillary Clinton tomorrow didn't change anything about her at all, not, not, didn't change one stance on an issue, didn't change her hairdo, didn't change anything about her except one thing, she changed her party registration, you wouldn't like her anymore, would you? And then all of a sudden there was a hesitation, there was a realization on her face that I was right. Yeah. You know, and that's... Tribalism. You know, well, but that's the thing is that, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to vote for party over a person. And if, they're, if they've got the right uniform on, they've got the right... Yeah. They represent the right party. We should get rid of parties, know, man. You know, I mean, it really... It, there honestly, is a very, very... It just listen, be done. Listen, there is not a reason in the world constitutionally why you right. have to have them. It's not mentioned in the Constitution. Um, you know, people say to me, well, then, you know, like, how would you govern? Or if there was many parties, you'd have to have, like, you'd be like Italy with all these money. Okay, no, 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 no. no That's no a parties, parliamentary no, system no of parties government. No parties at all. Right. We vote for the leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. pick a thing, but no parties. Right. You right. know, I mean, that's right. it. Right. And, and and if that's unrealistic, I've got a I've got a halfway measure for that. And that is... You can run and say, as you can run as a Republican, you can run as a Democrat, but once you get elected, you can't mention your party because now you represent all the people right. in your district. Right. And so this whole sitting on an aisle with a minority and a majority and all that, that By the way, to me, this that is why be, Donald yeah. Trump is so unpopular. Mm-hmm. The main reason why Donald Trump is so unpopular is that he has not once reached out to people who haven't voted for him. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he could get reelected just by catering to the people who voted for him. Let me tell you why he's wrong. Most, uh, uh, the strongest voting block for Donald Trump is 65 and over. Mm-hmm. And about 25% of that voting block will be dead before <laughs> the next, statistically speaking. I'm not hoping, don't write me America and tell me I can't believe he wants people who die. I don't want them to die. I am looking at an actuarial chart right now in front of me. You can't see it because I'm on the radio. Uh, I'm looking at an actuarial chart, and people who are 65 years to 90, 25% of them die over four years, about 6% a year. So they won't be there to vote for him, and there'll be more younger people voting in the next election than any. There'll be more millennials than any other age group voting in the next election. That's not going to be good for him. So he can't just, you know, he can't just rely on these old voters who are not going to vote. For, they're not going to be around. Well, 
You gotta, you gotta get some people to like you. Look at the things he's doing. He's, he all he does is appeal to that stupid base. Mm-hmm. Well, I think something which even transcends age and, and goes right across the board is what what we said before that sixty percent of Americans just line vote. Right. So, so those people don't really decide elections because their votes are already in the bank. Right. It's the forty percent in the middle who decide elections, and that forty percent. What's interesting is that that 40% now define themselves, almost all of them, as independents. Right. Not as Republicans, not as Democrats. Right. They're the biggest plurality. Right. And they don't like them. You know, they, they don't like them at all. No, no. They, they, <laughs> well, they, they, they don't like partisan policy, the partisan gridlock all he anyway. Is, and all he is is partisan. You know, and, well, the other thing is this. You know, my, my wife has a very good saying every election day is that she doesn't vote for people who didn't ask for their vote. Mm-hmm. When I say, like, well, who are you going to vote for? And I said, well, aren't you, don't you like that person? She said, well, they never asked for my vote. That's a Tip O'Neill story, too. Is it? You know, never it's asked? A, it's a Tip O'Neill story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chuck always mm-hmm. tells it at, his, uh, mm-hmm. at, at, at parties and things. He tells a story about how Tip O'Neill, when he first got elected to John F. Kennedy's mm-hmm. old congressional seat, mm-hmm. his next-door neighbor, mm-hmm. a woman he's known his whole life, uh, says, congratulations, Congressman, blah, 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 blah. And, and Tip O'Neill says, well, did you vote for me? And, and she says, you never asked me to. You never asked. Right. You never closed the deal. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I, when I teach candidates how to walk door to door, one of the things I always say is, you know, don't just have a nice conversation. Can I before count on your vote? you? Right. Close the deal. Right. You have to ask for their vote. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Can I count on your vote? Exactly. I tell everybody to say that. Can yep. I count on your vote you gotta close on election the deal. day? Yep. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you don't ask, you don't mm-hmm. get. It's a yeah. look. I, my first job was in sales, in advertising, mm-hmm. and and and. and you don't ask, you don't get. That's what mm-hmm. I was taught there. It, it follows into politics. It follows mm-hmm. into everything in your mm-hmm. life. If you don't ask for it, you don't get for it. And this president is not asking it's the middle to do anything. Bingo. And right? that's exactly He's right. asking these he group of people that the middle is becoming more and more weary of mm-hmm. because the middle is actually watching all the news. Not They're not just inside some bubble of Donald Trump you know, uh, toadyism. Mm-hmm. They're watching all the news. They see what's going on. They don't understand why these people are you know, so rapidly supportive of him. And in fact, they're becoming afraid of those people. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, geez, we need some check on those people. That's why the midterms are going to be a wave. And and again, and that's why. Well, I think nationally you're right. Um, you know, I'm not so sure about locally, but nationally I think you're, you're absolutely right. And, and look, the nature of a tsunami is the strong stay standing. Right. You know, whenever you have a tsunami wave politically and it's going against this party or going against the other party, the strong people always stay well, Not always. Well, well, in the 95, 94 tsunami, yeah. the Speaker of the House lost his seat to well, an he was, unknown nobody. But he wasn't as strong as everybody thought he was. Right. I mean, that's the point. The whole point is, you know, I mean, yes, you're all going to always have surprises. But he had all the money in the world. Listen, you're, you're, always gonna, recognition you're always going to have surprises, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're as strong as you think you are in your district. His opponent's slogan was, mm-hmm. we need a listener, not mm-hmm. a speaker. Not a bad, not a bad slogan. That's pretty good. That's not catchy. Not a bad slogan at all, and that's like probably it. why Paul Ryan's not running for re-election. By the way, I like it. Paul well, Ryan I think, was going to lose. Listen, I think, I think it is a, I think it's double barrel with Paul Ryan. I think the other thing is that he realized that this isn't his party anymore. Right. He lost control of the party with right. Trump, and he has his own philosophy of what the Republican Party should be, and this just you know this was this is not it. Right, right, right. Well, Mike, over under. I got about 30 seconds with you. Over, mm-hmm. under. Mm-hmm. Democrats, do they take the House? Do they not take the House? And what do you think the margin is? I think they take the House. Um, right now, I'm going to say maybe 10 seats. But 
listen, this is there's a lot of green between here and the hall. There are a long, <laughs> long way to go. There's what four months before election day, and four month is an attorney. All right, Mike Dewisiak. I don't have a Twitter handle for him, so I can't give you a plug for him. But Mike Dewisiak's here, and I gotta tell you, America, thank you, thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, and I gotta remind you to seek the truth. Question everyone. Question everything. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Feel, feel like you still have a choice. If we all light up, we can scare away the dark. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed, we drink ourselves.